Very happy to have David Kofelt with us this morning to share the Word. A lot of us know him from community life and from the business world, and we're very happy to have you this morning to share with us. I'd like to pray with you before we begin. Thank you. Father, thank you that we're here this morning. Thank you that David is here. And as he opens the Word to us, we, I just pray that you would open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you have for us this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Dwayne. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, I've been asked to come today. Um, not sure why. John, we're at the end of the list, I guess. You're asking people who to come. Um, to ask a Baptist to come to speak to you all, I'm, I'm not sure about this. Um, and, and I noticed that I wasn't offered the lapel mic because I was afraid I was going to walk all up and around. And so, so the instructions were to stay right here. Um, as, as Dwayne so kindly said, uh, a lot of you probably do know who I am in the, in the business world. And, and I'm not certain that everybody knows who I am uh, in the Christian world. Uh, I belong to a very small church, a very small denomination in, in Creighton, the biggest Baptist church in Creighton. <laughs> the only Baptist church. And um, I was ordained as a deacon uh, a little over 20 years ago. And um, one of my sisters asked my daughter, Rachel, if that meant I could preach. And she said, he most certainly can. <laughs> I had never been in the pulpit, but she knew I could preach. <laughs> so uh, in our church, when our pastor has gone, there are several of us men that take turns and, and we, will, uh, we will deliver the message. And so I do have an opportunity once or twice a year. I've had the opportunity to conduct a few funerals and even some weddings. Um, this is certainly better than a funeral. And you may notice I brought the, the hymn book up with me instead of my Bible. That wasn't by mistake, and, I, and I'm not going to sing. Because the singing in here is wonderful. But um, As I shared with you, I, I have been a Christian man for five-sevenths of my life. I'll let you all do the math. And um, I, I think one of the most incredible parts of my life is probably my wife. My wife, Linda, is here with us today. She's been, um, you know, the kind of influence that I've always needed. I was raised in a home that was not a Christian home, but we were taught Christian values. And I never really had the opportunity to put that together until after Linda and I were married. Um, and then um, we had the opportunity to... We were invited to a church, and I didn't really want to go, but, but I went. And um, the rest, they say, is history. Um, it's, it, it's, it's been a great version for me, a great, a great travel for me. And I don't know if you've heard this expression or not, but you know when you have a long set of verses, it's a short sermon, and when it's a... Short set of verses is a long sermon. Sixteen verses, I'm not sure. I think so. I think time-wise, we're probably going to come out about right. Um, and I, I did share with you the fact that I'm the deacon in our church, which means that uh, the pastor is paid. I'm good for nothing. So he's paid to be good. So I want to share with you. I'm going to be... Uh, uh, sharing with you out of the New King James Version, uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. And if you bear with me, I know you all can read, but I'm going to read this to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. 
But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when they bring out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but then they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this flock. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. As we look at these verses and we think about what Jesus has said, why did he use the example of sheep? I mean, why, why would that be? Well, Jesus, when he gave his parables, he would always use examples in those parables. And he would always use examples of things that people understood. Now, you wouldn't want someone to come here and start talking to us about marine life. We, I don't know anything about stuff that lives on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, you could talk about maybe animals in Australia, and I've seen them on television or read about them, but I would not understand. Uh, the only thing I can tell you that I know about Australia is that it's proof that God has a sense of humor. Ex- explain a duckbill platypus. Only God could do that. But Jesus talked about everyday items that people would understand. And while he's giving this section of what he's talking about here, he is making a point about himself and about us. So there's two points in here that we, that we have to be able to get. And the first one is the flock. I would much rather say the flock then I would say, you're a bunch of sheep. I would rather not do that. Because most of us in this room, at some point in our lives, we've been around sheep. Now, I don't see a lot of sheep around here anymore. There's probably a reason for that. I was raised on a farm. Uh, we didn't raise sheep because my dad was educated. And um, <laughs> I, I had buy sheep. Uh, I had an uncle that had sheep. And, and I would go over to help my uncle with those things. And um, I, I, I think the best definition of a sheep is the only animal in the world that can come up with, with ingenious ways to get itself hurt or killed. They're the dumbest animals on the face of the earth, I think. I, I, I don't know the duckbill platypus, but I think sheep come, are, are st- stupid probably. Um, but, but the fact is, and, and this part I saw, was that when I tried to help with the sheep, they didn't know who I was. My Uncle Wesley, they knew. And they would 
follow him out. They would do whatever he wanted them to do. I could open the pen gate and t- tell them to come. I'm like my kids, they just stand and look at me. <laughs> but sheep know the voice. And, and, and Jesus said that in verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep will follow him, for they know his voice. So, so the sheep would do that. But the other part, what, what he's sharing with us is, is that the sheep are known by him. The shepherd knows the sheep. On forward in verse 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. His sheep will follow him. So that was the point that he's making about himself while he was calling us sheep. So, now there's the verse. I'm sorry, I didn't put that up there for you. Are we like sheep? I, I, well, first of all, Jesus called us sheep. I mean, he flat out said it. We see that. So it, he's talking to Peter after his resurrection. And he, say, he says to Peter, and this is in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. So when they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Again, talking about us as sheep. But Jesus is the only one who used that verbiage. Because we were told in Isaiah the very, very same thing. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53, chapter 6. In the hymn that Darla picked for us, um, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us, a verse, it, 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 it just jumped out at to me when we said that. Um, second verse, it says, Seek us when we go astray. Didn't say if, it said when. I've shared with you that I've been saved for many, many years, but I will promise you I'm a bigger sinner now than I was before I was saved because now I know the difference. I know when I go astray. I know when my thoughts, my actions do not match up with what God would want me to do. And it pains me to say that I can go astray, and yet you let me stand in in your pulpit. Because we do go astray, and, and that's what was said in Isaiah, and that's what Jesus was saying about us. But the good news to this is that we have a shepherd. Because we must be sheep. God said we were sheep. Jesus said we were sheep. We have a shepherd. And and that's the encouraging thing. In, in verse 11, he said, I am the shepherd. But then, right here in your bulletin, we have verses... Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. What a coincidence. I don't believe in that word, by the way. What do we say when we, when we repeat that? The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. And it, Back up a minute. I had to use King James. This is the way I learned it. I could not use a different version. I had to use the King James. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But the main part of that, the Lord is my shepherd. If I'm going to call the Lord my shepherd, am I confessing that I'm a sheep? I think I am. I think I'm admitting to that fact that we are like sheep. But he, Jesus, is the good shepherd. The good shepherd. And you look at, at the passage that I shared here at the very beginning. In verse 11 and verse 10, he does what we call the I am passages. Because he said, I am the good shepherd. He said it twice. If it's repeated in Scripture, it's probably important. But he said it twice. And then the next one, he said, I am the door. But for him to use those words, I am, in the eyes of the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, was blasphemy. Saying, I am, equated him to God. Here's a man who is God, and they were having trouble understanding that that's who he was. But he said, I am. Only God could say, I am, because that's the way he introduced himself to Moses. Who do I say you are? I am. Any more questions? He didn't say that part. But that's what he was saying to him. I am that I am, because that's God is. So the next point in that one is, we hear, we read that he is the great shepherd. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, Hebrews 13.20, says that he is the great shepherd of the sheep. Again, referring to us as sheep. And then we see in 1 Peter 5.4 where he's referred to as the chief shepherd. Because Peter wrote, and when the chief shepherd appears... You will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. The promise that we have from the chief shepherd. So, good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. Now, I didn't time my message before I brought it up here today. And I can see I'm going to get, guys are going to get there early for lunch. That's important. We have to get there before the Methodists. Very, very important. I've referred to us as sheep, referred to us as the flock. As a part of the flock, we have individual flocks. This is a very nice flock, the individual flock that I belong to. But we are all part of the universal church, the flock of Jesus. As his people, and I would much rather call us as his people than I would as his sheep. But the thing that we have that non-believers can't get is the first thing that we have is support for one another. And it's why I think prayer requests are so important. I'm not worried about violating HIPAA. We're going to talk about people and their prayer needs and what, what it is that they're going to need in their lives, whether it's a physical or emotional or, or 
spirit, whatever their their need may be. But we see this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 tells us, Bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. It's what he has asked us to do. We can have support by being a part of the flock. And even sheep know to gather in, I don't think herd is the right word for them, but in in a flock. Because if you're in the middle of it, you're probably safe. The wolves are going to get the ones on the outside edge. At least they're smart enough to do that, to bundle themselves all up. The next thing that we have is prayer and protection for one another. We can do that. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We are to give prayer, protection, support, because that's what we are called to do as being members of the flock. And then finally, I think I skipped one here. That's Philippians. Okay, that is correct. And then finally, this may be the hardest one for us all, is to walk daily with the shepherd. Now, I don't know about how you all feel about daily devotions or daily prayer. I've always been good at that. Now, it's easy for me to get a devotional magazine, open my Bible, or actually I use the phone to look it up on my phone, get my Bible verse and read it, and I'm done in about 10, 15 minutes, and I get on with my breakfast, get on with my day. Is that really walking with the Lord? Is that really walking in the Spirit? I'm trying to discipline myself enough to do prayer time at a certain time every single day. And I've also learned you don't have to close your eyes to pray. Because sometimes I pray when I'm driving. Not a good idea to close your eyes. You know, you can pray standing, you pray sitting, you can pray kneeling, you can pray lying. You can do it however you need to do it. He's always there to hear us. But we need to understand his voice. The other part I have trouble with, I... Pretty good about giving God his to-do list. I'm not always good about listening. I need to know his voice. And that we see in verse 3 because it says to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Are we hearing the voice of Jesus? Or am I hearing the voice of the world? That is to me the crucial question for each and every one of us. As we attempt to strengthen our walks with the Lord... I always remind myself, if it was against the law to be a Christian in this country, would there be enough evidence to convict me? That's one that we have to think about. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and just point the finger and say there's something weird about you or unusual? Well, I get weird a lot. But, I mean, is there something unusual about you? There's something different about you. I love telling the kids that we teach in our in our church, I said, I'd like to be called weird. I want to be different. I don't want to be like the world. I want to be the person who hears God's calling and continually to do that. I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called to be an example. Father, grandfather, and in a couple months, a great-grandfather. 
Can you call me great? I'll, I'll be great. We all have our own callings, and we all need to be listening to the voice of God. Would you please join me in prayer? But Father, we thank you for today, the blessing we have for being in your house, and the blessing we have for being part of your flock, Lord. Father, as, as, as we turn to you, we just ask that you help us to understand what you have in store for us. Help us always be mindful of listening and hearing your voice. We praise you for being the creator. We praise you for loving us and giving us salvation. Thank you for all this. In the name of your precious gift, Jesus. Amen.